Welcome to Day 128 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. And uh, we've uh, spent a few of our readings over the last couple of weeks in the book of Judges, and we realize what a mess God's people can get in when they slowly drift away from God and when they only turn to God, you know, in times of desperation and quickly turn away from Him in times of prosperity. And it has been disheartening to see the unfaithfulness of God's people as you see time and time again the faithfulness of God, but that is the story of the gospel, and that is our our story as well. We come uh, this week to the book of Ruth, and we'll finish the uh, week out in a very warm Old Testament story. It seems kind of like a side story. Uh, the book of Ruth actually takes place during the time of the judges, and it just kind of has the feel of while all of this is going on here, you have a wonderful story of, of love and devotion. Uh, you know that are found in the book of Ruth, and so many of us, uh, even in our wedding ceremonies, have included you know the uh, the response of Ruth, you know, to Naomi mm-hmm. uh, to go where she goes, and for her God to be her God, and for her people to be her people. Where you die, I will die and be buried there with you. I'll mm-hmm. never leave or forsake you. And of course, it is a a beautiful picture of that as well. But uh, the book is born of underlying unfaithfulness as well mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Naomi and her husband Elimelech move into a, you know, away from the land of promise into the land of the Moabites and, and find disaster there and they return to the land and, and find an incredible grace and in, in all of that so we read through the book of Ruth this week and so we have joining us this morning on Paul Kemp by the way with uh, Cindy Kemp, Katie Kresge and Matthew Joseph Kresge uh, on the other side and so Matt why don't you uh, start us with a word of prayer yeah. Father we thank you uh, for this time together we thank you that you are uh, gracious and good um, sovereign over all things and and thank you that even as we come out of um, the book of Judges, and we're reminded of uh, dark times and bleak times. We we also are reminded of your presence and your goodness. And so, Father, as we turn to uh, Ruth, would you encourage our hearts, um, help us to see you in all of your beauty and, and glory. And, and, Father, would we marvel um, at the story that, that you've called us into? Would we marvel at the grace that we've received in Christ? And would we worship you? Um, encourage us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ruth chapter 1. In those days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and the the name of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women. One was named Orpah, and the other was Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left with her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Nohab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-laws prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and sat out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, if you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more, any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight 
and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go back with her. But Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me, bid ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as barley harvest was beginning. You're, uh, of course, a plaintive cry, you know, of Naomi. Uh, just, just call me Marats. It's been bitter. I went away full, and I've come back empty. And, of course, she hadn't gone away full. She had gone away because of a famine and because of a desperation and because of the need, but her desperation only grew you know, worse you know, in the land of Moab as she lost first her husband and both of her sons and found herself you know, with two daughter-in-laws and no way to support them. And, and here's that the Lord has prospered you know, her, her people back in her homeland. And so uh, you, you kind of have just a, a kind of a little feel of the prodigal son returning you know, to the house of the father where there is more than, a, more than enough. So as you read this first chapter, there, that's uh, what are some of the things that stand out? You know, initially, just it's, sometimes it can be hard to to read this, and and we hear about all these places, and and yet you know we're not from the Middle East, and we're we're not from this culture, so we don't really understand the significance of towns and places. But you know, to leave Bethlehem, which is an irony in and of itself, because it's the house of bread. You know, and yet there is no bread. But to to leave Bethlehem and to go to Moab is to to walk out of the promised land. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you're seeing kind of a great shift here potentially. You know, of the 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 writer letting us know, you know, that trouble trouble will ensue. You know, as they leave the promised land. And, and you've seen this, you know, you've seen this in the life of Isaac, and you've seen it in the life of Abraham as well as they they leave the land. And as they leave the land, you know, for their own safety and prosperity, right. in every case, it ends, you know, it ends in calamity. And, of course, it'd be accented just a little bit in this particular case, because not only is Moab outside the boundary of Israel, but Moab was one of the bitter enemies of Israel mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a time when they were vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, who had tried to, uh, you know, stop them from even entering the promised land. Mm-hmm. So... Part of you know part of the part of the covenant promise was that a Moabite, a Moabite would never be allowed to worship in the temple. Mm-hmm. The bitterness between the two people is uh, is pretty you know, pretty expansive, and so you here you have uh, someone from Bethlehem, and, and you're right, the house of bread. And by the way, his name Elimelech uh, does mean you know coming off of uh, you know coming off of uh, the book of Judges, God is king. Mm-hmm. But uh, rather trusting in God is king. They're they're trusting. They're putting themselves actually in the hands of of enemies. Mm. 
And then to further separate, the two sons uh, take Moabite wives. And so they've continued kind of this um, going in that direction of separation and kind of solidifying that by taking of their wives, Moabites. Right. All of these are kind of covenant, uh, you know, covenant promises, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're not, you know, that they're not keeping, Mm -hmm. you know, as part of that. I can't help but think of the whole story because as we read this so i don't want to say too much but it's just um so interesting to me that that even despite the fact that elimelech took his family away from the promised land and that they settled in moab and and took wives there that god all that time is still going to work in that story and preserve for himself Mm -hmm the people and um, continue to use these people, this family, um, not only just in the story, but as key players in the story. I think that's just mm-hmm. truly miraculous and amazing. No, you have to you have to love just a little phrase, the road back to Judah. Mm-hmm. So they have found, uh, they're finding their way back to the land of God, to the provision of God and to the people of God. And ironically, in this passage, uh, you find a, covenant faithfulness in the person of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Ruth, you know, the Moabite, is the one who is demonstrating this incredible covenant faithfulness. And of course, you're going to see that thread of covenant faithfulness work its way all the way mm-hmm. you know, through this book. So you find a very remarkable uh, understanding of you know, that there's kind of the release, you know, to Orpah and to Ruth to go back, go back to your gods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ruth says, no, I'm staying with, I'm staying with your God. Your I mean, God will be my God. Culturally, that's huge, right? No, because no, it's a big move. you would think that Ruth would, yes, go back to her people and also marry a Moabite man because she's still young um, and and live there. But she's cause she is covenanted to the family and not necessarily just to her husband, um, and just has committed her entire life um, to be with Naomi, which. Yeah, culturally is not what you see back then. Yeah. yeah, Naomi has released her, but yet, you know, Ruth, I would almost say this feels like a very binding covenant, just the things that she says back to Ruth, um, to the point of, you know, if you die, I will die, mm-hmm. and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely. So, If a, even death separates right. us, which mm-hmm. is a, an incredible, you know, covenant, you know, commitment. Yeah. And of course, even when you take you know, when you take the words of you know um, Naomi and you reverse them, that is the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, I went away. You know, the Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. And, and of course, mm-hmm. the heart of the gospel is we come to Him empty, beyond any resources in ourselves, yeah. and through the wonders of what Christ has accomplished on the cross, mm-hmm. through His life, through His death and resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of the Father that uh, we have been filled in every way with every spiritual blessing you know that is in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. so there's kind of a reverse gospel move that you find mm-hmm. you know in, in that in that passage mm-hmm. yeah. you know this chapter is also it's just full of either like glimpses of grace or, or even like kind of glimmers mm-hmm. you know where, where you see you know Naomi saw that the Lord came to the aid of his people by providing food you know she mm-hmm. sees the hand of God um, taking care of, of his people in that way, and and yet for her, the the kind of the only testimony she has at this point is the Lord is afflicting me, 
and yet we're seeing, you know, and, and, and yes, like not to minimize that affliction, but we're seeing now this kind of glimmer of grace where the Lord has provided a faithful one in Ruth. And, and, and it's hard not to want to jump ahead, but that will be a key moment where the, the afflicting hand of the Lord will turn and, and will be good, you know, and, and Naomi will not be left in bitterness forever. No. Mm-hmm. And and you do kind of wonder, like, there's always that question, like, is God punishing them for leaving? Or is that just a, a natural consequence for them leaving that they walked out of his promise and um, tried to provide for themselves and seek out their own way? Um, but you see him faithfully providing. And I think just one one more thought was just that she kind of sees this as the end for her. And um, and yet the Lord sees a much bigger picture, and that's not even close to the end. She's in the middle of this grand story that is her life, and um, he has much more in store for her than she could ever even imagine. So I just, yeah, I think those are... Those are. There's no conclusion to those thoughts. That's just kind of thoughts that are going no, around it, in my it brain. No, it does. You know, mm-hmm. to her, it feels like the bitter end. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, uh, from the point of view of the gospel, it is the beginning, or, or not really the beginning, but a high point mm-hmm. in the hope that we have in Christ. Yeah. And so, from her, from her limited point of view, life is ending, and it's ending poorly. From God's point of view, He is using her. Uh, to bring all of our lives to an end that is far more glorious than we might imagine. Mm-hmm. So it is, a, it is a great hope. Father, we thank you for uh, the way that you give us grace in the middle of our calamity. We thank you that we can say with the same confidence that the Apostle Paul said, we are deeply certain that all things are working together for our good because we love you and are called according to your purposes. And you are working out your purposes rather in bitterness or in joy in our lives. And for that grace, we are deeply grateful. May we recognize you in our moments of joy. May we recognize you in our moments of lament. May we walk with you in this day. And Father, may you stir our hearts to worship you and to be transformed by you in your presence. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.